Hey, welcome to Athlete on Fire. I'm Scott Jones, your host. You guys are joining us for the cool down. We are here with Michael Wardian out of... Where are you at, Michael? I'm in uh, Washington, D.C. right now, but I live in Arlington, Virginia, which is a D.C. metro area. Awesome. And the thing is, I knew that much, but you travel a lot for your running. And uh, who the heck knows where you are at any point in life? You have to keep up with this guy on, on social media to have any clue. Uh, really quick before we get started, uh, we're going we're going to talk about a few things. He just got back from New Zealand on the Tarawara Tarawara Ultra. Um, we're going to talk about that experience. We're going to talk about jet lag a little bit and just sleep deprivation in general and how you know some things that he does to get through that because. Uh, he has a family as well. He can probably speak to that. He's a really busy dude. As you'll hear in the background, he's at work right now. And, uh, I, I love that he's willing to take the time off and do this kind of talk. So we'll talk about that. And then I'm going to have Mike, uh, I'm going to have him define what athlete means to him. And we'll, we'll do those three things on the top of the top of the show, and then we'll see where it leads from there. So, my, so are we going to go Michael or Mike? So here's the tricky thing. Um, Mr. Mr. Guest, uh, yes. Your website, your your name is Michael Wardian, obviously, but your domain is Mike Wardian. Yes. What do you prefer? I, I don't care, as you can tell. I I, uh, I, I don't <laughs> mind as long as uh, people are talking to me. I'm I'm quite content and happy. As long as people are okay, cool. So I I have an uncle named named Michael, and we call him Mike. And he grew up during the the time of of the little Mikey commercials. The, oh yeah, and if I call him Mikey, we're wrestling for like a half hour, so we'll stick to Mike or Michael. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, okay, so to start this bad boy off, um, one of my big initiatives this year is to get the definition of athlete from athletes themselves, and everybody thinks about what an athlete is differently. Uh, so I kind of want to, I kind of want to hear what your definition would be if if you were in charge of Webster's. Yeah, I. I think I define it uh, athlete as anyone that's trying to um, find out and compete in something to push their body to the absolute limit. So whatever that could be, could be running, it could be climbing, it could be cycling, it could be walking, it could be CrossFit, could be whatever. Um, we're all athletes, I think, at the at the end of the day, and it's um, it's it's anyone out there that's trying to kind of explore what's possible with their body and then uh, push it to the limits and see see what they are made of, and then um, to try to grow as a person and as an athlete. Okay, so you've um, from our first interview. Of course, you guys can go check it out at athleteonfire.com. We interviewed Mike. Last year around the same time, actually, and uh, I learned that you Yeah, you that played... might have been in New Zealand, actually, with Anna. Right? Yeah, that was, like, probably the worst Google Hangout in history, man, because... Yeah, that was that was really bad. <laughs> we had the worst connection ever, and we were just trying to push through and get it done, but I, I left it up on the YouTube channel just because it was so bad, and I wanted to be able to go back in, like, a year or two and say, hey, this is where we started. This is really bad. We've gotten out of here. <laughs> So there's nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so from that interview, I, well, from one of those first interviews, I, I learned that you, you know, you played lacrosse in Michigan State at, at a high level, and, and of course now you're running. So you, you've pushed yourself in a couple of different sports. When, when you go to that definition of athlete, and you think of maybe somebody who is who's really overweight and has never played a sport before, uh, or a senior citizen, or somebody who's disabled, um, how can that? How can that? apply to these these people how can we prove that everyone's an athlete based on your definition 
Oh, I think that uh, everyone can find ways to challenge themselves, and I think that's what it, um, I would I would uh, suggest is um, there, there's there's things that you can do. I think one of the biggest things I learned when I got hurt a couple of years ago was I think the first question, and it, it was just kind of a mind shift, yeah, was uh, instead of asking what I wasn't able to do, is ask what you are able to do. Because um, for the most part, there's some kind of um, exercise or activity, um, and, and I think that's what it comes down to. Is a lot of us only know the the big activities, right? Like football, baseball, basketball, and and that's that's great, and those are incredible sports. But not everyone has the skill set to be able to play those. But um, for the most part, everyone can get out and do something, um, and it's just finding that's sport or that activity that um that interests you and then kind of exploring it and and seeing how you can make it fit into your lifestyle and then uh to your limitations or and then as you grow in the in the activity or you may shift your focus to another activity but um being willing to explore um different um types of um venues and, and different types of activities i think uh, allows everyone to, to be an athlete, and even if you are limited in some capacity. Cool, cool. Great great answer there. Uh, so you're such a busy guy. I mean, you're working a full-time job. You're traveling. You have a family. I, I, lo- I love talking time management with you without going too much into to it, though. Uh, speaking to the athletic piece, of course you run. You're, you probably run or and compete as much as anybody in the world. Uh, but when you're not running, what, well, actually, what's the last workout that you did that had nothing to do with running? That was more of a cross-training thing or just like a strength set? Do you remember what that was? Yeah, I've been doing it because I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a Spartan race coming up uh, in, uh, in March. And so I have every day I've made a goal to myself to try to do 100 push-ups. Um, so I, I have been, uh, doing that and I just did one before we got on the phone and and now I'm standing up uh, doing squats as we do this. So trying to, (laughs) trying to find, uh, find ways to incorporate, uh, what your goals are into your, your daily life. So every hour I get up and do, uh, as many pushups as I can. And luckily I've, I'm close to my goal already, so if I can exceed that, then I'd be happy. But I try to, at a minimum, hit 100 push-ups a day. Um, How many even, can you do in a row right now? I'm really impressed, actually. I got um, I got up from, like, barely any, which was maybe, like, 15, to I can probably knock out 30 at a go. Uh, and not just, like, you know, really, really fast, but, like, kind of controlled. And it, it makes a difference for me, like, depending on if you just kind of crank through them, I could probably do maybe like 35, but if I control them, I can probably do 25 to 30. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Well, uh, how much were you doing before you started training for Spartan? I was doing like none. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't, I, before I, when I, before I got hurt, Hey, Scott, are you still there? Yeah, we just lost you for a second there. Yeah, I lost you. Sorry, I just got a phone call. Um, um, yeah, before I started, uh, before I got hurt a couple of years ago, I used to do pull-ups every day, and so I'm starting to get back into that also. 
Um, just I had a, a bunch of stress fractures and some hernias that caused my stomach to to hurt. So it, it feels stronger now, and uh, I'm feeling it's it's it was actually strong when it was repaired, but um, subconsciously I wasn't quite ready to engage in those kind of activities. So it's been nice to to get that kind of confidence back and start feeling stronger and be able to do these kind of things again. And it's really it's really fun to feel kind of strong, um, you know, just be able to, and I've been doing some other stuff where I actually like engage the kids. So like, uh, every night I'm being like carrying them up the stairs, like super slow, like one step at a time, almost like single leg squats and they like weigh different amounts. So like (laughs) I'll take Pierce and then I'll do some squats with him and then Grant. So I'm actually thinking like that would be a really cool, like type of, uh, uh, strength training routine where you basically just grab your kids and use them as like a like a sack of potatoes or like a in Spartan race you like carry these buckets and like you do these like tire pull type things so I've been like pulling them around on like a little blanket and stuff like that um how, how, so big, are you, how big are your kids uh eight years and six so eight year old and a six year old so Pierce is eight and Grant is six um and it's fun because they're going to do the race too because they're going to go on the trip uh, coming up. So it'll be really cool to get to see them do it. We did one last year and they had a, such a blast. Oh, and then okay. I, I did sign up Jennifer, uh, my wife, but I'm not sure if she's going to actually take part or not. <laughs> you got to take the first step. Yeah, exactly. She signed up. So if she wants to do it, it's there. That's funny. I'm doing, you know, I've done a tough. Um, hey, sorry, Scott, I lost you again. Someone called me again. So does it? Yeah, that's fine. If you guys are listening, I'm not going to edit that out. That's a whole two seconds of your time. So I was, I was saying, uh, really quick, Mike. Me, me, and my wife are actually doing Spartan for the first time. What distance are you guys doing? Uh, it's part of the Spartan cruise, so I think it's just the sprint distance. That's the only one I've done so far. Um, but man, I was wiped by the end. I did. It took me almost an hour to go. Like, I think. 4.95 miles, so like almost 8Ks or so. Um, and, yeah, my arms are all like quivery by the end, so I'm hoping to, you know, with some proper training before at this time, I thought I was doing enough last time and I just wasn't, so maybe I'll do a little bit better. And uh, I want to I I kind of mix it up with those guys a little more. I, I let them get too far ahead on the run, and um, – then I had to try to pass on the single track. And I think if I would have just run like I normally do, I would have got to the obstacles first, but I had no idea how to do it. So I think <laughs> I have a little more clue now. It's really fun, man. You'll have a great time. They, they, they it's, it's a challenge for sure. Nice. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. We, we have a group of guys, guys right now only. Um, I have the keys to gym out here and every Tuesday night we go up there at nine o'clock after the boys are down nice <laughs> go for about two hours just get after it. it's it's a blast uh that sounds really fun man we've had some we've had some beast obstacle racers on the athlete on fire show you should go uh go listen to ryan atkins and amelia amelia boone on one of your runs because they are just, oh yeah. she's really good man i don't know the other guy but i know amelia boone is like she's one of the top ones in the in the country at least as far as i know yeah yeah she's good 
Yeah, I think Ryan won the, the world's toughest mutter again, I think two times in a row. He's just so, a beast. Oh, wow. Those cool. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun talking to a runner, doing some cross-training yeah, and getting getting strong. A lot, a lot of the elite runners out there aren't, you know, it's kind of a joke, but to, you know, to, to challenge them to a push-up contest wouldn't be too much of a, of a work, you know? Yeah, I mean, the African guys are not doing many push-ups. <laughs> but they also... Uh, they're also really, really good at what they do. So, you know, I, I can understand that, you know, uh, if you're running, you know, 59 minutes for a half marathon or 203 or 204 for a full marathon, uh, I don't know how much the, the push-ups are going to help. Yeah, probably not at all. <laughs> it, might, it might be. Uh, but, you know, what's interesting, though, is I saw something like Galen Rupp uh does weight training and and he's looks like the africans and runs as fast as them so uh you know there i think there's something too to being stronger it just makes you a better athlete and it keeps you healthy and and strong and um the, you know it's just for me it's one of those things you just got to make the time to do it and i think you can do these type of things you just got to allocate time to to make it happen like you do with your, you know, normal training for running or cycling or whatever it's you're into. You just add, add a little more time or do it. Um, I was talking to my friend, John, he's the president of Petzl. And he was saying like, every time he left his office, he'd do 20 pushups. And you know, it's, it's stuff like that where you just kind of make it a routine and then it becomes habit. And then uh, all of a sudden you start seeing results. Um, it, it's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and, and the thing is, I've been teaching this to people or preaching this to people forever. Yes, going out and getting an hour, hour and a half, even 45 minutes of, of workout is great. It's great for your body. But if you don't have that time, little five-minute sections here and there throughout your day is still going to cumulatively make an effect on your fitness. So definitely, if you have that five, you know, two minutes to do as many push-ups as you can, it's going to help you in the long run. Yeah, or even now, like I'm standing up while we talk. Uh so that I'm, you know, it's not a huge load, but I'm putting more load on my body than if I was just sitting in my chair, you know? Yep. So there's little things like every time I get a call, I try to stand up and stretch or, you know, you can make it, I was just doing toe touches while you were talking. So, I mean, there's, there's ways you can do it. Everyone will probably look at you like you're a freak if you're in an open office environment, but you'd be surprised. Like I was, I was standing at the, at the airport and on the plane. And so I got up and I always take an aisle so I can you know, move around. And, you know, I started doing pushups in the galley and then, uh, cause I had to get them in, man, I was traveling for like 25 hours. So I was like, you know, everybody else is asleep and I sneak off into the back and start cranking out pushups and then start stretching. And then I'm in line for the bathroom later and I'm stretching and like, uh, and then all of a sudden I notice like three people around me are like, Oh, it's okay. Like someone else is doing it, it must be okay to stretch, and you'd be surprised that people appreciate that you're trying to take care of yourself, and then it kind of inspires them to do the same, or at least they start thinking about it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, my leg is a little bit uh, tight. Maybe I should do that too." So instead of being the weirdo, you're kind of like the uh, trigger that gets them to think about doing what. Um, you know, doing something you're doing, and all of a sudden it's not weird anymore. Yeah, and holy cow, I mean, on, on those long international flights, everybody wants to get up and stretch and move and do sit-ups yeah, and push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't, you know? Yeah, well, I, I thought I heard one 
I've always thought it'd be cool if they had like a little workout facility on one of the planes, like a little treadmill that you could like rent or I'm sure they'd make you pay for it now, but like, or just go and use like some free weights. And then I was thinking like, that'd be bad in turbulence, but I mean, you could do like just machines that they were all like locked down or something. I like that. No, you got, okay, we have airplane fitness here. So you got, you got to do lunges down the middle of the aisle. When you get to the galley in the back, you got 15 push-ups. Oh yeah. And then you could go back the other side. That's a good idea. Yeah. Single leg squats. I, I slept in a galley on the way from um, from China one time because <laughs> I, I got food poisoning and I was yakking everywhere and I couldn't go back to my seat because every time I went back, I got sick. So oh, yeah. I slept on the floor for eight hours. Nice. Was, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. there. I think a lot of us have weird stories like that. Like, uh, okay, um, it, it's, then, it, it, but you know, it's completely acceptable in, in those situations, you know? Yeah. You see people lying on the floor that are like, you know, account executives or something. And it's just like, okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going anywhere. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. All right. I'm putting together airplane fitness posts for this, for this show today. And okay, awesome. I'm overlaying it over your over your face. That's gonna be perfect. Okay, cool. <laughs> Airplane fitness with Mike Wardian. Yeah. There's uh, definitely things there's lots of things you can do though, for real. I mean like I'll do go back and do squats or push ups or it's a little bit hard to do burpees because everyone does look at you uh, like you're a freak. But you can sneak in the push ups and sit ups for sure. Awesome. Hey, so that's a good topic. You you just got back from New Zealand. There, there's two big things I want to cover before we get done today and um, yeah. The first is a Tarawara. Am I saying it right, Tarawara? Uh, it's Tarawara, yeah. Tarawara, okay. Uh, the ultra that you just did, I think, last week, right? Yeah, it's 100K. It was last Saturday. <clears throat> so t- tell us your experience seven. with it. You know, it looks like a beautiful course. I mean, I-, I remember last year you guys had some weird weather going on, so, so you weren't able to run the yeah, like um, hurricane yeah. or something. But Yeah, the, it was – I think it was a hurricane, but they call it a tsunami, or not a tsunami. Typhoon. Typhoon, because it spins the other way down there. Uh Um, Yeah, exactly. I didn't know that either, man. I was like, oh, typhoon, whatever. But um, but yeah, it's basically a hurricane. And uh, last year, it got shortened to about 73K, so it was uh, a little bit different. We had a different first loop, and then... um, we got to uh, right around this really cool lake. Uh, I think it's Otana. Otana? Um, I'm not sure. And then we got there, and it's over a big, big climb. And then we just got there, did a little out and back, and then went back over the big climb. So it added a lot more climbing. The um, It's actually the first time in three years that the course went all the way to the finish line. Um and that was really cool because um, I hadn't seen the whole course. And the back half of the course is really runnable, um, kind of fast uh, fire roads, uh, which was really good for me, um, having a little bit of speed to be able to run down some of those guys that can climb. Um, and it was cool because uh, I met a bunch of guys last year and became good friends with him, like the race director, this guy, Paul Charteris, and um, Tim, the co-race director, and then Carrie and uh, Mike, and they all kind of helped me and crewed me this year. So it was nice to have a really good support system in place and get to see some friends. And uh, we got to do some, like a couple days before the race, I went on a four-hour, there's a really, there's these famous walks in, uh, 
or treks um, in New Zealand, like the Great Walks, and I was able to go on um, a couple of those while I was down there. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. And the course is very similar to running around DC, actually. Um, it doesn't have a ton of climbing, um, and it's all kind of runnable, but it's all kind of like bumpy and rooty and rocky. So it was very familiar. And I was thinking as I was going slow on that part, like I should be able to crush this. I do this like every day. <laughs> like this is my runs. Um, but it, it, it was just little like body blows and it, it uh, it definitely challenges you, but it's completely a, a very fast and fair course. And, um, the sights are amazing. I mean, running in New Zealand is so beautiful and surreal at the same time like you look at the blue lakes and it looks like they're computer like cg like they're almost too blue and the you know and then all of a sudden you get sheep and then the people at the aid stations are insanely uh excited about helping you and and uh really passionate about the event and the town of rotorua is um it's it's kind of magical it's it smells bad because it's sulfur um so it has all these sulfur pools um and thermal uh places where you can soak and and then there's steam rising up um so it looks like you're i mean it's it's the setting for lord of the rings and they kind of run with that down in new zealand and it does kind of look um ancient in in a way um and yeah, it's 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 one of the, my favorite places in the world. I'm kind of smitten with it now. I, I was telling telling the people down there that I, I I don't know what to do because I've been bitten and uh, I I need to keep coming back as long as they'll let me. <laughs> so, what I guess geographically, you know, just generally, um, what's your favorite aspect of the, of the area of the race? I guess. Um, uh, I would say it's probably the amount of lakes that you get to see and then the tr- terrain. Um, it's, it's technical trail running, uh, mixed with, um, fast, uh, kind of flatter sections. Um, but then all of a sudden it'll throw like a, a nice climb in there. So you get a lot of different, um, factors stressing your body. Uh, but you also, you you have to be careful because uh, as soon as you stop paying attention, that's when you take a dinger. Like I I thought I was paying very good attention, and and then all of a sudden I'm tripping and I'm about to hit a rock head on, and I swear I still don't understand how I flipped over it, uh, landed on my back, and of course like I was thinking I'm gonna land on a know, pointy rock or whatever because I'm airborne now, and I land in this lush like mossy meadow and i'm like oh it's just new zealand just (laughs) caught me so so i think that that was i mean that's that's one of the cool things is just there's there's so much variety um and the colors are very crisp and clear and um yeah it's it's striking um i would highly recommend if, if you've never been to New Zealand and it's on your list, um, go say, you know, make it happen. I don't know how you do that, but, um, if you can find a way to get down there, um, you will not be disappointed. I know everyone 
gushes about New Zealand and the people and and I thought well it can't really be true but it is it's it's a very unique and um uh exciting and and cool place to to be um and yeah I I would I would definitely go again Cool. So and I want to take the family next time so that they can see because they've heard me gush about it now for two years. Yeah, they're like, okay, enough. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> can you shut up? Yeah, 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 exactly. Cool, man. Okay, so you, you go out there, you race, and uh, you told me offline you came in fifth. You you were first master, third third American to cross the yeah. line. So that's pretty cool. And not not to cut off that whole thing. I mean, we can read about about how you did on the course, but the yeah. one of the things that's kind of interesting is, okay, you get back on the plane, you hustle your butt back to DC and you got to get back into your routine. Um, yes. So talk really quick. I mean, you've had kids, you travel a lot. Talk about sleep deprivation and jet lag and not just, everybody kind of gets the concept of that, but can you give us like three things that you do that help you focus when you're really, really tired? I mean, it's hard to be productive when you're tired. Yeah, I think, well, I guess the time differential is about 18 hours. Um, so it's right now it's tomorrow there uh, at, um, so it's Friday morning at like 544 in the morning. So that's a little bit odd is when you're living a, basically a day ahead of where you are when you're home uh, for East Coast time. Um, and, and that's been kind of haunting me this week. I, I actually came right to work the next day. So I got in around noon. I left on Sunday at two 45, um, New Zealand time and got home at 10 o'clock, um, East coast time. So it was kind of like time travel. Um, and when you go there, you, I left on Friday and I got there on Sunday. So you lose it on the front end. Um, but I got it back on the back end and then, I just went to work the uh, like I normally did, try to get um, to bed like I normally would. Um, some things that I, I try to do is, is um, make sure you feed your body because it's all messed up. So, um, and I'll be, you know, you, you want to, you, a lot of times you don't want to eat too late in the night, but your body doesn't know what time it is. I mean, it, it only knows because you tell it. So if you're hungry, make sure that you, you eat. Um, and then I, I try to get back into a routine. So the, as far as running and cycling, um, as quickly as possible, cause I think that tries to, uh, get you back on the right time zone. And then it also wears me out a little bit. Um, but it keeps, uh, keeps me active especially my first workout keeps me focused and active for what I need to do during the day when I get back. So it's like, okay, this is the start. This is just like we normally do it, you know? Um, and, and then, um, reestablishing that connection with, with your family. Uh, so I think that's really important. Um, and I just try to get, um, caught up with everybody, see what's going on and, and, you know, while I'm gone, I'm able to do that a lot with uh, FaceTime and Skype and and email and, and pictures and whatnot. But um, getting back and being a part of your community again as quickly as possible and um, getting back into work and just not using it as an excuse to be lazy, I think, is, is the thing that I... Um, I try to take from it is, uh, yeah, I'm maybe not as snappy as I normally am. Um, 
but I don't think that that's an excuse for me to not do anything. Um, so yeah, I guess my biggest thing is try to get back into your normal routine as quickly as possible. Uh, the other thing I do is try to stay really up on your fluids. Um, and I do that, you know, the entire, um, flight home and then once I get home, try not to forget about doing that. Um, and I guess the other thing is when you do get home is to, um, just clean up because there's so many things on the plane that you can bring and pick up is, uh, you know, kind of wash up a little bit and kind of wash all that stuff away. And then you're back into your routine. And it's like I was telling you before the, the, uh, the interview is I'm having trouble at night (laughs) getting back to bed because it's only like five o'clock and it's 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock my time now. And, uh, it's hard to, hard to get back in that routine of getting to sleep. So I've kind of used that, um, time where I get super tired right as I get home. And then I kind of get this second or third wind and I'm using that to do some stuff that's needed to be done around the house. Like we had to hook up a new cable box and modem and stuff that you don't normally want to do. Um, so I kind of use that time productively, pay the bills, and I don't know. Yeah, you know, just stuff that you it's not first on your priority list, but you can knock it out because you're up anyhow, so you might as well. Awesome, Mike. All right, man, we're going to wrap up here in a second. Uh, okay. You've you defined athlete for us, which is really cool. You told us a little bit about New Zealand, uh, which sounds like a magical place, especially where you were running, which was which was a pretty cool experience. Yes. Um, Talked about getting in as much work as you can as far as fitness as you were doing uh, squats and toe touches while we're talking here on the show, but you're training for Spartan race, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So moving forward, you guys can check out stuff. Mike What, what's your next, what's your next running race that you're, that you're in? Well, actually on my schedule, it's wrong because I was going to do the 50 K national championships, which I've done quite a bit. Um, but I'm just, um, booked a trip to do um an 80 kilometer 50 mile race in uh peru it's the north face uh endurance challenge peru uh outside of lima so it's going to be um february 28th that's my next big race i'm looking at maybe doing something this weekend or next weekend i haven't decided yet it uh we have some um pinewood derby cars that need to be made so uh (laughs) (laughs) that might take precedent uh because last year uh we we had some good cars but we want them to be better this year so i'm gonna be playing around with power tools this weekend i think (laughs) that's awesome have you been to lima before it's a pretty cool spot i've never been no i've i've been uh to uh ecuador and chile but i've never been to um peru yet so I'm looking forward to it. I'm just kind of bummed that I don't have time to make it to Machu Picchu, which is kind of why I'm one of my uh, must-do lists. Yes, that, that place is cool. And uh, I, I would say definitely eat the ceviche, but wait till after you run, just in case. <laughs> so I don't end up in the galleyway? Yeah, I, I lost a good – not from the ceviche, but up in uh, Cusco near near Machu Picchu. I ate, some, yeah. I ate something that just was not right. It was a 15-day illness. I lost Guinea pig? Yeah, it was bad. Probably. It could have been. 
it could have been any kind of it could have been any kind of protein. It just did not. I know. I, I can look back and see it on the plate. I know that's what made me sick. I have no idea what it was. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, so awesome. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Thanks so much for for sharing everything today. Um, I'm just gonna give you an opportunity. Let, let us know who's sponsoring you right now because they're helping support you to do do these amazing things that you can that you can talk about. So I always give give our athletes a chance to do that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited, man. I have a a great list of uh, sponsors this year. Um, I'm with Hoka One One, uh, so the uh, amazingly cushy uh, running shoes, uh, UVU Racing, which makes my kit, uh, Nathan Performance Gear, so that's my water bottles and hydration packs and lighting, um, lighting me up. I'm with um, 110% compression, Jewel Blow sunglasses, Petzl, which do my actual lighting, so like the headlamps and um, flashlights and stuff like that. Uh, the stick for recovery in Jinji toe socks, um, Mio, which makes a strapless heart rate monitor, Sunto, which has a GPS. Race dots, who are so you don't have to put uh, holes in your jersey uh, for my healthy eats and fuels and just plain goodness. This is all on my website too, so sorry it's long. But uh, Vitargo, uh, so that's a long-chain carbohydrate. Sweet Green, which is a salad uh, company here in D.C. that supports local athletes and um, kind of a healthy lifestyle. Big Spoon Roasters, which makes uh, incredibly handcrafted um, nut butters. Bearded Brothers, um, which do uh, organic um, granola type bars out of Austin, Texas, and then Succeed or S-Caps. And then some of my partners, which I was talking to you about, is Race Roster, High Cloud Foundation, Motion Geek, the Endurance Athlete Center, Georgetown Sports Massage, Race Quest Travel. Um, Killing it. Yeah, man. So I'm pretty lucky. I got a pretty sweet list of um, people supporting me, and um, I'm always uh, looking to see what I can do to help people. So if anyone's interested, just let me know. Awesome. Mike, nice talking to you again, man. I appreciate all your time, and, and I love your energy. It's, all, it's just very refreshing. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you soon. Awesome. This is for everybody else. This is Scott Jones for the Cool Down on Athlete on Fire. You guys were inspired by and listened to Mike Wardian out of D.C., who is uh, a runner. He's, he's a pretty much a beast runner. He's absolutely an athlete on fire. Thanks a lot. Until next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Athlete on Fire. Stay fired up with additional resources and information at athleteonfire.com.